0: Something different, this way comes something. Something different, something different, something different, this way comes something. Something different, something different. different. Welcome to season four of Something Different, This Way Comes, episode five. Today I'm in conversation with Kira Essex, and you're going to love it. She's a student at Lakehead University, and she's also one of the three dozen or so people who came together to create the Northwest Climate Gathering. Hope in action coming up in just a few days, November 25th and 26th. Mm-hmm. I hope you're already registered, because I'd love to see you there. It's online as well as in person. So one of the aspects of the gathering that is really helping to honor and support is to make it welcoming and impactful for all sorts of people. You know, a gathering is most likely to attract people that love to to sit and listen or speak and be heard, but that's not everybody. So how do we include those for whom hope and action need less binary settings, more relational, and less instructive? What, what, what exactly am I saying? What does that mean? You may be wondering. Well, that's what this conversation explores community, relationships, commitment, inclusivity, creative practice. We went many places, and yet we kept circling back, which was also perfect. Now, as always, a conversation for me gives me a composition. So, after spending a couple of days in close company with this conversation, this morning I wrote you this song. You'll get the whole song after the conversation, but but here's a snippet. When I'm away, I miss you every way I speak Of you too much always I say The lake, when I see rivers walk me home, me home, your home. <laughs> you can find the lyrics and chords and so much more at www.somethingdifferentthiswaycomes.ca. Kira Essex and I met first thing Monday morning at the coffee shop The Study on Lakehead University's campus. Thank you for meeting me
1: for a hot drink and a chat. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really happy to, to be starting off the week this way.
0: Yeah, And I'm so excited to get to know you better. You, We just met in June, and then we keep showing up for the same kinds of things, because I think our hearts are in the same places in a lot of ways. And every time you make a new friend, you're, you grow. So thank you for becoming a friend.
1: Well, thank you for, for
0: again, showing up so much and always inviting me in. And, and yeah, thank you. <laughs> It's wonderful. Okay, so one thing that you're going to bring to the gathering that I really want to dig in with first is your pictures. So you're not a photographer. That's not been your passion your whole life, and yet you made a commitment to take a picture every day, and you're going to share those pictures at the gathering. So tell me more about that journey. What is this all about?
1: So I went to Trent University down in the Peterborough region for about a year and a half and then transferred to... um, Lakehead this past winter semester, and while I was in Peterborough, I really loved the community there, and there's a river called the Odonabe River, um, and it's kind of the largest body of water that you can orient yourself to around the campus community. And I always found myself calling it a lake by accident because I'd grown up on Lake Superior and my parents would do the same things when, when they were down there. And um, my whole time in Peterborough, I, I really found myself just longing for, for Lake Superior and I had some really amazing classes that were about building relationship with land and land-based learning and I found that that theme came up a lot for me there of loving this new place but not knowing it as well and just constantly missing this like gigantic ocean of fresh water. And when I came back home, I really wanted to ground myself back in place after being away for a year and a half and thought, you know, I've, I've missed Lake Superior so much and talked about it so much while I was away. I should try to make the commitment to, to show up daily and rebuild this relationship. And I think I was really looking to to figure out how, how far we could go. I'd learned a lot while I was away at school and wanted to see how my understanding of my relationships throughout my life would change through this new daily practice.
0: And what is the daily practice exactly?
1: So every day I go out to any spot where I can see the lake and photograph Lake Superior. Um, the kind of main qualification is it's between like 12 a.m. and 11.59 p.m. and um, that the lake has to technically be visible, but the lake doesn't have to be the main thing in focus either. Um, so it's all about, you know, what are what are the different lives that are lived here? What is the story of this lake? What are the different ways that we can think of this relation, you know, for everyone living in Thunder Bay? Lake Superior is such a touchstone for for like our identity and and how we understand the landscape and you know we all have very different perceptions of what the life of Lake Superior is so trying to perceive it in different ways and think of the diversity of perspectives that go into this kind of communal understanding of of what Lake Superior is was really
0: interesting to me. Yeah. I'm so resonating with this as an artist because um I think of this all the time. People tell me, oh, I can't sing, or I can't write, or I'm not an artist. And I think being an artist is a practice. It's not a talent, although sometimes the talent makes it more inviting, a practice. But sometimes the talent makes it a less productive practice because you don't really appreciate what it's giving you if it comes too easy. And often what it gives you is this opening conduit to awareness of, of patterns, of relationships, of, of contrasts, um, just to grounding yourself in your own world and your own life and your own thoughts and owning them is important, of, of a gift to you that you have been given a way to share, even if only with yourself. I know myself, sometimes I don't even know what I'm thinking until I start trying to write a song about it. I know I I totally resonate with that, and
1: even what you said about like like the different relationships and patterns. Like those are such central themes that have come up for me when I when I really think about the photography. And I would always joke before too when I'd try to take a picture with my iPhone, I'd always like move the camera away too quickly, and it would come out blurry. And I'd joke and say, "Oh, you know, I can never be a photographer." So I think there's there's a bit of an, an irony in the narrative that I told myself about like what that art is versus what ended up um, happening for me but yeah and same with the the idea of skill set not necessarily being central to understanding like those relationships and patterns and the things that we gain from the practice of art. I know in the earlier days of it I was also part-time at Lakehead that semester which helped me have more more time to spend but not knowing the medium as well meant that I had to, to take more time and observe more. And because I didn't understand it, it, it made it more of an attentive process. Whereas it was easier to sometimes lose that as I, I got to know how to take good photographs later on. But really, really helped with that centering the relational aspect
0: of it instead of transactional. Yeah. What are you thinking when you say at more transactional action or learning
1: so I think a lot of, like, relational versus transactional ideas of relationships, you know, are we in this to to build a relationship, to really seek to understand each other and find a new a new way of making meaning together, or or seeing the world together. Am I bringing something good to you, um, or transactional? Am I just here to take from you? Is there a lack of relationship? I could easily commit to photographing Lake Superior every day and not pay any attention to what was happening on the water. and and really center it around you know the idea of of me wanting to be something but not not actually being that. So, I found like throughout kind of this past year, I've gone back and forth with that a bit too of falling into almost that oh it's a habit and it's becoming like this this daily thing that I just have to check off, um, which is not the case at all. It's it's about the relationship and especially when things get difficult. I know when we had, we were really fortunate to not be too impacted by the wildfires this year, but I know in the weeks that there was a lot of haze, it was harder to even just look at the lake and photograph, and I found myself kind of slipping into, you know, a less relational way of being,
0: yeah. yeah relationships are hard, yeah. But that makes me think, too, about a, um, a theme in my life as I try to sort out, how I want to move forward. And that is the idea of circular as opposed to purpose. So as a storyteller, as a news sharer, as a documentary recorder, I'm just seeped in the idea that there's a beginning and an end. There's a conflict and a resolution. There's a main character and a secondary character. Um, And I'm more and more finding that that is not only insufficient, but sometimes unhelpful in really embracing what good things are going on and can happen Um, because the real world doesn't just go forward it circles back at the same time which to me is something I makes me think of the medicine wheel partly because you have said that to me as have other people so what does that make you think um yeah,
1: I definitely believe that we we are really kind of stuck in, in the mainstream in a, in a linear way of thinking and it, it doesn't allow for the full extent of, of possibilities in our relationships, in our communities, even in a lot of the different work that we do. Um, I think getting too stuck in a linear way of thinking can sometimes divide us as well. of, Like you said, kind of putting people into to different, different roles of this is supposed to be this way, these are my expectations of how the narrative of the story is supposed to play out. Who fits these expectations versus what are the actual experiences of everyone that is here right now? Is it so black and white? Are there nuances that we're, we're missing because we're looking towards our expectations?
0: And also about our relationships. And you, again, have brought this up more than once, right? That community, to be whole, cannot be just human, which is a brain stretch in our human-made settings, our human-made clock-directed days to try to um, embrace really the whole of the ecosystem that we are a, a profound part of. Like, we are not just lucky enough to be nourished by and have been born out of, but right now we are bullying it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, no, and I've, I've been really lucky to, between, you know, growing up in Anishinaabe spaces and having the, the fortune of taking some of the classes that I did at Trent, um, to really hear about ideas of anthropocentrism versus ecocentrism. So are we centering humans in the narrative, or are we centering the land in the narrative, and how are we treating all of our relations? And I think it was in one of the, the last episodes of your podcast, too, with Cheyenne, I believe, um, talking about you know how humans are really here the youngest ones um, on this earth and I know in in different spaces I've been in especially within like indigenous schools of thought there's a definite understanding of us as as looking towards all of our other relations that are older than us as you know they're the ones that are raising us we're the youngest beings here and we should look to to those that have been here longer for for guidance and support and i think we're at a stage where we're really you know we've been able to accomplish so much um that we kind of believe that we are superior and we put in a
0: sort of false hierarchy of of being and Yeah. (laughs) So Cheyenne uh, compared us to toddlers. She's like, oh my gosh, human beings on this planet were acting like toddlers, like grab, no sense of politeness, absolute I'm the center of this universe, take on things. But what I'm thinking of when you talk is myself, when I gain a certain amount of skill in a new role. And I get so dangerously full of hubris. Like, I have learned this about myself the hard way over my last 52 years, right? And there's many times I can go back to and say, oh, I said that with absolute authority or I made that decision with such conviction because I knew this well. I understood it. You know, I'd done my research and I'm smart. And now I know I did not understand enough. And I regret those decisions. And I kind of wish I could go back and, like, shut my own mouth up. (laughs) Right? Um, I was going to say this was me as a young person, but it's a reoccurring theme for me Mm -hmm. that I get to a point of hubris and I'm dangerous in that point. So that's where I feel like uh, some of us are, but not all. So that gets me to my other idea of of the idea of there's circles, Mm -hmm. of profound connection is not going from somewhere that is lesser towards somewhere that is better, but much more coming back around again with fresh eyes and an open heart. Um, to also the sense of of how big is this world that we're moving through and how many strands are being braided that we simply can't perceive. Like, our our brains are not wide enough, our focus is not deep enough, we just can't see it all. But if you believe in it, if you have faith that there are other people doing things you don't know about and they're good people 99.9% of the time and those people are not just human people, like Mother Earth is full of... Of resources that if we look for them and respect them will meet us more than halfway and teach us so much we need to know. So I'm going to bring it back to the gathering because at the gathering, as we create things, I'll have people who really don't see the point of some of the things we're including because they're so far from their own perspective. And that's okay, right? But how do we, we make it a space that everybody wants to be a part of because the more inclusive we are, the more impactful we'll be. What are your thoughts on that
1: That's such a, a great and complex question of you know how do we make sure everyone is is included and welcome and um, going beyond that idea of like tolerance to how do we we exist in community with with each other and it's it's really hard to once we've been working so hard towards like one specific goal it's hard to see the value in, in other goals and um, the way that that I always kind of try to think about that within my own life of you know I'm really interested in policy and in indigenous rights within kind of an environmental context so it's it's so easy for me to just think this is the most important thing this is this is what everybody should be working towards but if everybody was working towards that we wouldn't have enough people for all of the other things you know my partner's an engineer and he's Learning to be an engineer here at Lakehead, and I think so much about how important people with his set of expertise are to to solving the environmental crises that we experience today. And yeah, it's it's
0: it's difficult to kind of see beyond you know what you're looking for, but it yeah. Is. But the the habits, the social habits that make it work well, are habits of when what bubbles up on you is fear or. Um, condemnation really like that's not as important as this so you should make way for this Uh, that sort of pulling rank or trying to um, judge in some way other people's perspective they will bubble up as we defend our own commitments right but at the beginning when we're when we're opening up the gathering uh, I'm thinking in my head about how to say like you're going to feel these feelings probably but we ask you to set them aside for another place because expressing them will limit what we say here and who feels welcome and what sort of growing happens and connections are made and i think about you introducing your photographs in that first conversation and making a space for people to have a conversation about silent commitments is one of the ways in which we're going to try to ensure that we can include more than those like me who tend to talk too much and have to remind ourselves to listen. She says that she once again talks too much and needs to pass you the microphone.
1: No, well, and I'm just, I'm just trying to kind of get a, get a grounding on the ideas here. I feel like you're talking about so many great things that I'm just trying to locate, locate way to start in all of that. Um, yeah, I think a kind of good like underlying philosophy to, to start that with is the idea that everyone has gifts, everyone has different, different skills, different interests, different ways of, of thinking and communicating and kind of trying to embed a more holistic approach that might encompass a variety of different things instead of kind of a one-size-fits-all, this is going to be the approach and the topic that will suit everyone. Instead, it's looking at... Well, what are the, the diversity of needs within our community? And, you know, we have a great representation of people that are, are working on the conference, but what other things might we be missing as well? And so, like you mentioned, um, maybe, yeah, holding, holding the signs and marching on streets and giving speeches is not, not somebody's particular gift or skill set. How do we make sure that those other ways of, of leading and other ways of, of action are included but also validated you know we need we need everyone we need everyone with their unique gifts and skill sets and interests to like action on on this crisis especially like the environmental crisis of you know artists can can engage people in such unique ways Um, science communicators can help us really really understand like the grounding of of these issues. Um, And it can be really, really difficult if you're so used to thinking in one of these like ways of knowing, um, to see the validity in in other ones, but it really is, you know, how do we include everyone, but also how do the, the knowledge systems and skill sets that you don't work in as much personally, how can learning some fundamental stuff about them contribute to your own knowledge and skill sets. Right now I'm in a class about geomorphology, which is how the landscape has changed. It's a lot of, like, how did the glaciers change the landscape? How um, do systems of water change the landscapes over the course of millions of years? And I've, I've found that it's actually really benefited me as an artist because um, you know i'm I'm working with Lake Superior this year, and it's given me context into well, how did the landscape that determines what Lake Superior look like form? what was here before Lake Superior was here as well? and I think looking looking in that that way to think what what perspectives am I missing, what gifts are not in my life currently and You know, seeing those as valid things on their own, but also as things that can contribute to your own knowledge base.
0: And can make a difference. Like, we can be a drop of water changing a valley. And having that sense of history, too, I think is so comforting. Right? Because, again, you know, armchair psychologist. But when I was being trained as a communicator, as a journalist, as a salesperson, it's psychology that they keep pointing at, like people are not as logical as they like to think of themselves as being, so how do we think, and how do we make decisions, and, and how do we frame those decisions once they've been made, and, and how do we uh, change them, right? All those things, are, they are psychological, and they fascinate me, and one of the things I know is that we tend to value the immediate, and uh, work really hard to not value the distant. Right. That was the past. That's so far in the future. You know, who knows that that'll be actually how things unfold. So it's not logical for it to impact my decisions today. But the more that you are gifted with a sense of time, that your decisions matter and they will impact for generations. And your wealth is not inherent to anything except the generosity of those who came before you. Right. Like th- all those those kinds of perspectives are so valuable. And so here I am saying history and psychology are important tools in our efforts to change. And if you're just wanting to change the next election, you can feel like I'm being crazy. But I think I'm not. I think that's part of the idea of if we're going to change everything. Then we need to be ready to think about how everything is a part of that change. And even looking at the different scales
1: of change, you know, there's so much of um, kind of that narrative of change has to be big and monumental. And almost, you know, we become heroes when it's really big change and which, again, places ourselves almost in like that hierarchical way of we're above whomever else. But also as like an add on to that, I feel like with the like ideas of success it's often very individualistic so big change made on individual levels I did this I contributed this way it's it's centering yourself in the narrative when really if we're looking at change it it takes so many people it takes so many perspectives and ideas and it's it's incremental you know it's it's a lot of small steps to to get where we need to go and I think that's really how Like, we will make this large-scale change that we need to make is when we're together and consistently working on it
0: where we can. And I know that as human beings, we are much more impactful, more effective when we feel safe and known and included, right? And when we feel insecure and not really part of the equation outside the zone of being considered, um, you get kind of frozen up, you know? You you get kind of... um, You can be cornered, and and your worst side will come forward because you feel so insecure. And so I look at our world, our community, I look around Thunder Bay, and I see so many wonderful souls who are not able to flourish right now. They're cornered, or they're feeling like they're just holding on by their fingernails um, and absolutely not confident that they are cherished or known or included in who we're worrying about. And so, again, that's an example of where I feel like there's this enormous battery of potential positivity if we just reach out and solve issues that seem too big because you can't fix them like that. And so the temptation is to just set them aside as if they don't exist or there's somebody else's problem or they belong to another era's solution. But if you can live with the imperfection of doing what you can do, and raising your voice and saying this too then so much more can happen no absolutely and um even just that that idea of
1: so many people are out there that have can have such amazing potential to to do such exceptional things but it's almost like the result of exclusion or a lack of a lack of supports to to get to that place and I think a lot about that in terms of belonging within our own kind of environmentalist community in Thunder Bay. I think there's been really, really exceptional work in the past, but right now, especially with the context of like the recent pandemic, it's kind of hard to be bonded together and to to feel very secure in community. And I think this gathering is going to be such a huge part of bringing people together and. Um, really letting us reset a foundation or start maybe a new cycle of, of what that looks like locally for us. But for the point of, you know, inviting people in as well, it, it is a question of how do we make sure people belong? How do we support people and invite them in and make it a community that, you know, people want to be a part of, people feel like they can speak in, that we can have these disagreements in, that we can have this diversity of perspective in and really, really work
0: together. If there's a lot of fronts on that, on that idea of inclusion. And one of the things that gives me hope, and I, I start not stressing about it quite as much, is it's the first. And there can be spin-offs. We could learn things, start things. Little things make a difference. And again, that idea, like you talked about, of transactional versus relational, right? Am I trying to solve? Am I trying to end and start? No. I'm trying to build relationships, better and better relationships?
1: Well, and I, I think about that a lot. Um, I can't, off the top of my head, quite remember how how the medicine wheel teaching for it goes. But there's, there's one that I use a lot for, for project planning, almost, um, that starts in, like, it's seeing the problem, relating to it, understanding it, and doing it. And I like to plan, like, Policy realms are. If we're working on a project, I kind of like to map out the different steps of that project in the medicine wheel and think where is the point where this starts as well, because the circle, like the cycle, just keeps moving on and on. And I think within the context of the climate conference, I think you know we're really in that early, like seeing it, relating to it, um, some of the understanding it phase of. How do we we start this? How are we planning for this? Um, especially with it upcoming, we'll move into that doing it stage of having the actual conference. But then I think it it cycles back. What's our reflection piece once the conference is done? And like you said, hopefully we'll have more in future years. But even... For that time in between the next one in between the next year how are we going to contribute to community how are we going to kind of not have it be a thing where we've met this once and it was amazing it's where do we go from here before we have this next conference and this next meeting and i've been thinking about that in terms of the photography as well of do i just stop once december 31st passes i don't think that that is necessarily the right way to honor that relationship um A a longer-term goal of mine is once the kind of first year is done to do a a second year that isn't daily and is more intentional and focuses more on the relationship than the the nature of the daily process um, and can hopefully give more space to have like a deeper, more intentional reflection than like a, a daily habit. But even beyond that, it's now that we've done this, now that we've done this thing, where do we go from here so that it doesn't just fall or doesn't just end how do we restart the cycle and continue renewing our relationships
0: that is also comes up quite a bit like let's not just make this a one-off little party Mm -hmm. talk fest Um, if we're building community and we're committing to one another where do we want to spend that time because it's not just it's not just a decision it's an action
1: no exactly and it's and I think that that really shows that it is community driven of we're we're not doing this to accomplish a goal we're doing this to to build something better with each other and to to find this community and to find other people that are Worried about similar things, are thinking about similar things, and instead of feeling isolated in that fear and that grief and um, worry or feel like nobody else is is really doing anything and feeling alone in that, it's how do we move forward together? Yeah, how do we walk this path together? Yeah,
0: and also feeling like the things we do do aren't enough, mm-hmm. right? Like, and so if we can get together and say, oh, I celebrate that you brought a mug, right, and I brought a water bottle. Right. And we're wearing secondhand clothes and all these little things that that if we can, you know, yes to one another on the good stuff and not just yes to one another on the bad stuff, um, that's a more balanced way to float your boat and keep, you know, moving forward even as you circle back.
1: And it, it, exactly it really is so easy to get stuck in in the kind of like yes we are we're united by worrying about this we're united by the bad things and not we're united about the good things I think like I have a lot of a lot of fear and kind of anticipatory grief for for what might come, but I also think you know there's there's so much possibility if if we can mobilize and and act and really make sure we are including anyone, we can make like beautiful walkable cities that are, that are fully accessible, we could um, really embed a diversity of knowledge systems into how our governmental or other systems function. We can create something that is so much better than where we are now instead of just fearing about what might come and I think there needs to be a bit of both of that to, to move forward in a way that's productive, yeah.
0: What Kevin said in the podcast um, for this week that will run before yours was that it's, it's, it's really easy for us to look at what needs to happen right away. Mm. Like that's just very self-evident to us. Um, and then it, it can be pretty feasible to say, well, where would we like to get ideally? A walkable, inclusive, integrated, respectful community. But it's hard to believe in the distance between can be bridged. And and certainly hard to identify the steps between here and there, and own them and say, well, you know what, this one we can do today. Let's do that today, and let's start laying the groundwork for maybe that next. Even though I don't know what'll be steps three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, at least those two we can right. So they he called it a triangle or something. I forget, but the idea was the ground level was really easy to kind of stand at, and looking up at the point of the triangle was was pretty doable. But you had to work consciously and and keep revisiting your faith in yourself and the importance of, of smaller steps that even if you don't know exactly how they lead you to where you want to go, you know they're in the right direction. Um, so he's going to be bringing that to our conversations and um, that's the kind of tool I need because I too get just bogged down in fear of just how badly this can go wrong and, and sometimes feel like I'm just comforting myself when I focus on all the, the good things I've known to happen without anybody being the hero who just magically made it happen. No,
1: and it, it really is such a difficult line to walk of, of not getting too stuck in in the fear and the intimidation and the grief, but also not pushing it too far to a point of it's like, oh, it's fine. Like it's all because it's um, not, but yeah i i think again we talked about that earlier too it's all of those incremental steps that we take together like that is how we find our way out of out of where we are right now that is how we we make something better looking towards the future and i think the idea idea of scales is coming up, up a lot too of you know we're looking towards this end point but Maybe it's not like seven generations in the future. Maybe it's what do I want to see in my lifetime? And then we're so focused on like this end goal that's in the context of our own life that we're not seeing those those small steps and we're not always seeing the very long term. And it's kind of a question of not of how do we think in one ideal timescale. It's how do we think in... A variety of them so that we can kind of string something good throughout and I think also realizing that a lot of the times what we're we're working towards totally turns into something else Um, especially like I'm sure you relate to this as an artist yourself too with you know you start creating something and then it goes in a totally different direction that you never would have expected and um, there's so many different possibilities within that too.
0: Yeah, And it can be easy to be afraid of that uh, but the more that you've lived through that, the more you, you're in full of joy. Like, the more I've had a practice, you know, for years now of when I need to sit down and be creative now, I kind of just know how to do it right? And open the door and see what comes through. And it's like a shower of blessings what comes through. But there have been many, many, many times in my life where I'd open the door and I'd start panicking because it's dark in there. And who knows if there's ever going to be anything walk through that door again. And that whole kind of like despair shutting you down thing. So it has been years and years and years of practice before I have utter faith when I open my creative door that there'll be something might not be the best thing i ever done, doesn't matter. It's going to be a great ride. I'm so happy about it. And I think the same is true about change. Like if you don't know exactly how it's going to get you from here to there, you can be afraid to start. Mm-hmm. But the more you dare to start, the easier it is to have faith that you can manage. It'll be a great ride. Yeah. Uh,
1: no, again, absolutely. It's, it's a lot about just embracing the not knowing, and I think what we've talked about before with kind of that like hierarchical thinking, we really expect ourselves to be able to predict what will happen and to always know everything. Like, that's kind of or at least for me, I know, like, an expectation that I will put on myself of, okay, I have to be fully prepared for this. I have to know exactly what's going on, which is just not the case. There's, there's like, no way to ever really know anything. <laughs> like, everything. <laughs> Never mind anything. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> slip of the tongue, but still kind <laughs> um, but yeah I think it's it's sometimes like just embracing the chaos of it all too and and really saying I I don't know everything I'm not going to know everything but I'm going to do my best and I'm gonna follow that intuition that's that's kind of guiding you where you maybe need to go yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and it helps though you and I will know we'll both be there so that makes it easier to walk through those but I hope other people who don't notice come anyways because they will be very welcome <laughs> thank you so much for this. I could talk to you forever, but you've got a class to get to. Such a joy to get to have a bit of a morning with you today.
1: Uh, no, it was it was amazing to talk to you and just yeah, every time we get to to talk more, it's it's always so wonderful. Yeah, so thank you.
0: Thank you. Oh, that was great. Kira Essex is a student at Lakehead University in Thunder Bay and she grew up here on the shores of Lake Superior. She's also one of the people leading the Northwest Climate Gathering 2023, Hope and Action. And I will include a link to its website in the episode notes at www.somethingdifferentthiswaycomes.ca. Through there, you can register to take part if you'd like, online or in person. And you can also find out all that will come of this gathering. The hope is it's the beginning of many things. And this will be the place where you find out what those things turn out to be. Now, here's the song I composed this morning the whole thing after spending a couple of days listening to that conversation with Kira Essex as i edited the tape of it i'm calling it home <laughs> What are the stories leading to and from? What do relations teach and share in love? Help me to trust the chaos and the sum of love. Love you too much. Always, I say. The lake, when I see rivers, water calls me home, me home, your home, home. Water, it calls me home. Bank and new just 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 wrote that for you, and uh, I hope Kira likes it. I hope you do too. I so enjoyed that conversation with Kira Essex. I always enjoy talking to Kira. She listens so closely, and she gives so generously of herself in that listening and in her responses. I love in that conversation when she called for us to set down our linear expectations. You know, thinking like we can. We can bring into a new or an important thing perfect preparedness or a prediction of how it's all going to unfold, as if we were mightier than the world around us, when in fact we're just equal. We're all a part and a precious part. It's such a change in perspective. It takes practice and practice was a reoccurring theme of that conversation. Many things kept coming around. It was so circular, and that was so perfect. I also love how she gives this sense that the more you settle in, root down, pay attention, the more you are comforted by the company of all our elders that surround us and from whom we can learn. They don't just deserve our help or our respect, they love, and we can love them without fully understanding them and know that we are more understood than we believe. I'm going on, but this is the way my heart goes in these conversations, and I hope that's where your heart went to. I found it so enjoyable and comforting, celebrating our incremental steps, celebrating and, and having faith in possibilities we might not be able to imagine but can see if we allow ourselves to perceive what we weren't looking for. Now, there will be a hole in this season. I'm going to be too busy taking part in the Northwest Climate Gathering on November 25th and 26th to be able to um, put together a podcast for the following Tuesday. But there will be one next week. And after that week, there'll be at least two more, maybe three, before the season's over. Thank you for listening. If you give this podcast a great review or tell a friend about it, I would be so glad and appreciative. Something different, this way comes something. Something different, something different. Something different, this way comes something. Something different Something different